0: Introducing Total Tech Solutions, your Texas one-stop shop for all your assistive technology needs. We are proud to offer the BlindShell 2, the revolutionary device that makes it simple for people who are blind or visually impaired to use a smartphone. Visit our website at blindtech.org to learn more and to order yours today. Feeling adventurous? Explore your world with the ARX headset,
1: which provides real-time audio descriptions of your surroundings.
0: Our experience team is part of the I Can Connect program. TVIs. Enhance your teaching skills and support students with comprehensive training on JAWS, VoiceOver, and other assistive technologies. Visit blindtech.org for more information. Enter coupon code BLIND for 10% off site Y. Let Total Tech Solutions help you with all your
1: technology needs. Call
0: 833-577-8887. 833-577-8887.
1: Words appear. The Meet Me series. More words appear. Brought to you by Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Welcome, everyone, to Meet My Blind Life here on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? The show where you get to meet everyday people talking about their everyday lives with blindness. I am your host, Victor Gouveia, and Meet My Blind Life is brought to you by the Total Tech Solutions, your one-stop shop for your assistive technology needs give Total Tech Solutions a call at the description box number listed below. Remember, if you like what you're going to hear, hit that like button. And uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And, uh, or if you want to follow us on our Facebook page, you can do so, or on Twitter at who's that's B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Additionally, if you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on podcast. We are available on most of the podcast catchers out there, uh, whether it be Google, uh, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We're also on the Victor line of players, as well as your smart speakers. So ask your smart speaker to play Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And it'll bring up all of our shows. If you want to re- write to me, you want to maybe talk about your life uh, with blindness, how it, how you deal with it, how you're able to get past your blindness on a daily basis, send me an email. Meet me on blindlife at gmail.com. Again, that's meet me on blindlife at gmail.com. This week we actually have someone who is sighted coming on, but she's talking about a new show she produced called Cooking Without Looking. It's a really neat, uh, show. We, I got to hear a bit of it on the podcast and, uh, on the channel. Uh, the subscriptions, uh, details are below in the description box if you want to follow them or, uh, subscribe to their podcast um, Renee Rentmeister is actually the executive producer of the show and she's going to talk about how she came to be involved in a show like this uh, how she created the show that has uh, made waves uh, it's been on PBS it's been all over the place so, uh, check out Rene Rentmeester on Meet My Blind Life. Um welcome, Ren- pronounce your last name for me, Rene. It's Rentmeester.
0: Rentmeister. Rent, rent, like you pay your rent and uh-huh. meester. <laughs> like, hey, meester.
1: Now what background is that from?
0: It's Belgian. Flemish. Belgium. and
1: are you originally from Belgium?
0: No, my ancestors are. <laughs> my no great grandpa was, but I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin.
1: Now, how far back does it go?
0: Well, my, my great grandpa was from Belgium. So, um, so I guess what am I third generation of, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. And you've always lived where you are now or no?
0: No, no. Um, I, I was born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin and Uh I went to college at the University of Wisconsin, then moved down to Tampa for a year and then Miami, Florida. I lived there for 37 years. And then, um, when the uh, pandemic Struck in March of, uh, 2020. I moved up to, uh, Albany, Georgia, where I am now.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the
0: birthplace of Ray Charles, and, um, I get to be near my daughter and grandchildren.
1: You sound very young to be having grandchildren.
0: Well, that's very nice of you. I guess I've, I've got good vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very well said I, I yeah i can appreciate that in a moment <laughs> uh, uh if i can i i should tell everyone you are fully sighted
0: yes i am
1: yes but there's a special aspect of you that i thought would be interest, uh, interesting for all my listeners and that is that you run a show or produce a show called Oh my. Cooking
0: without looking. That's yes. it. I'm the creator and executive producer.
1: Executive, well, executive producer.
0: Well, that doesn't sound so. It sounds hotsy totsy, but it just means you do more work than um all the rest. <laughs> without the
1: without the added well, pay, of I'm, course.
0: I'm the chief cook and bottle washer, so I'm responsible.
1: Right, right. Now, tell me, how did you get started in something like that?
0: Well my background is in TV. I started working in TV in like nineteen seventy-seven as a high school student. Um mm-hmm. I worked half days in the newsroom. I always wanted to be in news and when I went to Miami I um got a job uh in in the promotion department, was in news for like a year or so. And um, over at the CBS station in Miami, although it was it was a um, independent when I first got there, and it turned into a CBS station. And um, what happened was, I um, I after being there like thirteen years, mm-hmm. I left to open my own advertising and PR business. I was always on a lot of boards for nonprofits, profits and I wanted to start my own non-profit, but I didn't want it to be like everything else. And my, my, uh, wheelhouse, shall we say, is, is television. It's my tool for everything. And I thought, wow, let me find something, um, where anybody at any time, uh, this can happen to them. You know, it doesn't matter what your race, religion, You know, ethnic background, whatever. Mm -hmm. This can happen to you. And I found it to be blindness.
1: That was the one you chose.
0: Yes, I chose that. And and TV is always a great way to teach a lot of people a lot of things. um, To change people's minds. And hence our motto, changing the way we see blindness. Because if you can watch someone do something or at least hear them do something it changes your mind um you know it's it's not the same old thinking like from the 1950s well blind people can't do anything blind people don't do anything it's it's um totally false
1: and you've learned that differently through your show
0: yes i i've learned it through all of the people who Mm -hmm. have been on the show who have been on our podcast people in, in different organizations, different blindness organizations. Mm-hmm. I've, I've learned that over 22 years. I've learned it firsthand.
1: That's amazing. And, and you can honestly say you've, you've gotten the gamut onto, onto that show, haven't you?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess, um, yes, because I know that maybe um on uh, master chef they wouldn't have had christine ha who is blind um mm-hmm. and um she's not totally blind she's some you know she's basically she has visual impairment mm-hmm. but um i we were the first we were the first to do it and i'm proud of that i had to talk people into it lots of trying to change minds you know cuz people are very stalwart in their opinion and um, to to change them. Like a lot of people thought people who are blind don't watch TV and maybe we don't say watch, but we do say watch because it's in our vernacular. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I found that the NFB did a study that uh, people who are blind actually watch TV 2% more because it's then sighted people because it's a, um, it 's an easy entertainment medium, like for everyone, but two percent more people who are blind watch t v
1: right right i mean i I can honestly say that my my whole life i 've watched t v both before I went blind and after
0: right right and um do you do you listen to the um do you have the uh Oh, what am I? Description. Do you use the audio description? Um uh, or...
1: Yes, I do. Yes.
0: Yeah. I, especially not so now, too. not
1: before when it was hardly available, but now I do. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Well, it was just coming into effect when I started this 22 years ago. But for us, we don't really need the audio description as, as much because everyone on our show is blind or visually impaired and they're describing as they go what they are doing. Um so you know it's in in a way a cooking show is a lot like a a sporting event, you know, because you're describing what you're doing all along the way.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, no, we've got a couple of uh cooking shows on our channel and uh I always make sure that they they do things in a way that Describes both what they're doing and how they're doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It takes away that, oh, I'm sorry, your blind effect in in the background, you know? Right. Yes. (laughs) No, you know, nobody wants uh, to have people feel sorry for them. I mean, even when I was pregnant, people were like, oh, you know, how are you feeling? uh, No one wants to have that feeling you know, you, you know, you're in control, you know, all the great things you can do and you do them, you know? So that's, that's the main thing.
1: How has that show affected your life?
0: Whoa. (laughs) It, it, It basically is my life this whole time, but it's a, that's a happy thing. Um, People have asked me how I have fun and, like, doing the show, doing the podcast, meeting people, Mm -hmm. um, helping people gain self-esteem, elevating people's self-esteem. When I first started, people said, oh, you know, you know, I thought I'd never be on TV because I'm blind. I'm quoting this man, you know. Uh and. He, he was so happy to be able to show what he could do and to talk on TV. And I told him, you know, look at all the things you can do. And it's, it, it gives me a lot of excitement. You know, it's, it's not, um, a money making proposition. And you know, it's not, it's, it's something where you just do it from your heart and your soul. And I know, That that's what I was meant to do, you know, just to, to help people feel good about themselves and to show others, you know, what they can do.
1: Mm -hmm. Now I have to ask, what is the chief complaint you get most often on your, on the show? You know,
0: I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) We really haven't gotten complaints. Um, lots of accolades. Um, I remember one time when we first got started, we were in front of a live studio audience Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the audience was made up of people who, who were blind. Some were visually uh, had visual impairment and, uh, Of course, some of the blind people, you know, they had their eyes closed. And one, one man called me and said, well, people in the audience are sleeping. I said, um, no, they are blind. And because, you know, that some people who are blind have their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that, that's pretty much the only one that I can remember through all these years, everybody starts getting amazed. Um, like for example, um, when we we would go to different um venues, we we're invited to different venues like the Boca Raton Wine and Food Festival, different food festivals and we would present there. Um we were at Macy's the whole store pretty much closed down and just came to our thing, our, our event, because people wanted to see that, you know, sure. they, they announced that we were there and it's not like they necessarily knew who we were, like the whole store knew who we were. We just, you know, we have people who are blind cooking here, using our things and, and, um, People were like craning their neck to watch and they were just, they were just amazed and, and they enjoyed it. That's one of the things it's done to my life too. It's just, just watching people enjoy what you do from uh, your soul is so enjoyable. It's rewarding. It's very satisfying, you know.
1: Right. Now I have to apologize. Uh, I, I don't think I explained the question right. I actually meant what was your uh chief complaint from your participants who who participated in the cooking without looking show.
0: I really haven't had any.
1: People... Not towards the show, but towards cooking itself.
0: Oh, you mean oh um there are difficulties within cooking. Right. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Sorry about that. I'm okay. just rambling on here.
1: No, no, it's okay. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> um, there, the things that were most difficult, um, well, let's see. <sighs> Sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's difficult because many of the people who have been on the show have been trained at various, um, Organizations, lighthouses, etc. So they don't have as as many um, difficulties cooking. I think sometimes. Let's see here. I'm I'm trying to think of. Sometimes you know making sure things are done. I guess you know that's the biggest one. Making sure that their meat is is done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to tell, especially. If you are making a roast. Yes. And so, um, a lot of times people need to buy meat thermometers, mm-hmm. but there are other ways of, of doing that. I think that's the most difficult, just knowing when something is done. But right. that, that too, like with chicken, people have difficulty knowing when chicken's done. And that's sort of easy because if you take a fork or something and you poke at it, And it goes in easily. Mm -hmm. Um, you can, you can do that and, and you don't need your eyesight for that. You can feel that if it's, if it sort of like pushes back at you (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and feels like you're like taking a fork to a sneaker. Um, it's probably not done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's very well said. I, you know, one of the, one of my chief, chief complaints is knowing when things are done that way. Um, yeah, and that's a lot of reasons why I don't cook as much as I should.
0: Oh, well, you know what? It's I. think Well, that and
1: my learn. wife. My wife is an excellent cook. I can't. I can't. I can't compare to her. Well,
0: then you walked out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I, I. actually did. Yes, I did. Um, when I compare what what others have done and with what she does i can honestly say oh honey i like your cooking better you know and i'm not just kissing her ass either (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm actually i actually mean it she she is a wonderful cook she makes great noodles she is filipino in origin and and uh some of the things she cooks are out of this world
0: Oh, that is cool. You know, I I love tasting foods from other countries because, um, I'm sure she she makes things from here too. But like, Mm. does she does she cook things from her native Philip Philippines?
1: Yes, she does. Yes.
0: And then you love them, right? Because it's something different.
1: Uh, in some cases, yes, yes. (laughs) No no I'll tell you why because some of the some of the vegetables they eat down there I'm not very fond of for example okra
0: Oh yeah 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 which is a to big thing don't to cook that.
1: I I don't like okra I simply don't um and the same with bitter melon which is a, a big staple in the Philippines hmm. um and bitter melon is apparently a big thing there too they really love the taste of uh uh, the sour taste
0: that's quite interesting i've never heard of bitter uh melon i have of course okra Um, uh, between you and i and everyone listening um, there were some people who came by last year and dropped off a bunch of vegetables and things and we're in Georgia so I was like a lot of southern vegetables and whatever and, and they dropped off okra and I'm like, oh my god, I do not know how to make this. And so I, I went online and I looked up different recipes because I had remembered my mom tried it, making it once and it was like sort of like a little Snotty, shall
1: we say? I'm sorry. Did you say snotty?
0: Yeah, because it can Oh be my God!
1: Pretty... You use the exact same word I did.
0: Yep, yep. I I find no better word than that.
1: And yes. So
0: I did not want to take my time making little snot balls.
1: Yes, so... exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's it, and it's not just the taste; it's the texture that right, you just can't texture. get used to.
0: I know and and so I you know what I, I it's still in my freezer and I'm I hate wasting things but I honestly want to just find someone here you take it you know uh, find a person originally from the south who makes good okra I think you can actually I, I found a recipe for pickled okra and and it said it didn't it didn't have that gooeyness to it which Honestly, you know, it's still Victor. It's in the back of my head. I I can't get it out. I've got PTSD from okra. So um.
1: yes, no, I get you, I get you. It's the same with me. I've got PTSD because in my youth, um, my parents, and my dad in particular would kill fresh animals for a meal, um, whether whether it was chicken or goat. And you you haven't, I'm sorry.
0: Were you on a farm?
1: No, this was in downtown Toronto. Oh
0: my God.
1: (laughs) Yes. We actually had, we actually had a goat in the backyard, uh, munching away. (laughs) And, and, you know, you go from playing with this goat one minute to, you know, uh, Shoving them into an oven, the next. Uh, I I've never been able to eat lamb or goat, or, or goat since.
0: It's like it's your friend. It's like Charlotte's Web. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: It,
1: you know, I'm glad you feel that way because a lot of people say I'm ridiculous.
0: No, <laughs> it's like eating your friend. It's just no.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like living with a dog for ten years. And then all of a sudden you're carving that dog up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, it's a, it I just can't see it.
0: No, my dog is on my dog brownie is under the table right now, but she's sleeping. So thank God she didn't hear that. But um <laughs> <laughs> But um no um no, I I can't imagine that either and my father was raised on a farm mm-hmm. with the cows and everything and then like after World War II He couldn't find a job and he went to a, um, he went to like a a meat packing place and he lasted exactly three hours. He couldn't take it. Yeah. You know, if, if you get used to an animal, it's like, honestly, I find not much of a difference between animals and humans and and the feelings we have for them. So yeah, I get you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there, any particular food that you yourself don't like besides okra?
0: Ooh, no. I'm, um, I'm pretty much of, uh, well, okay. I'll try anything once most often, uh-huh. but you know, down in the south here in the United States, yes. they, they have like these southern things like chitlins, which are really intestines,
1: oh yes, yes, yeah, no, uh-huh.
0: I'm not trying that, and um, however, you know, being Belgian, we don't call them chitlins, we call it tripe, but either way i I don't care what you call it, I'm not trying it, <laughs> <laughs> and um, well,
1: another big thing down there is calamari, yes,
0: yeah? oh, that I have tried that I tried, um I tried that when I was in Miami. And I've had it several times, and I do enjoy that.
1: Right, but what about its sister dish, octopus?
0: Ooh. <laughs> now, see
1: how can you say that about calamari but not octopus?
0: You know, actually, you hit on it before. It's a it's a texture thing with me. Anything I eat, it's about the texture, and um, I I. Uh, it, it's you know octopus and those little tentacle things that look like you can stick them to your furniture. Mm-hmm. I I don't really <laughs> like that. But the calamari was fried, so right. it was it was very good. I I liked it fried. I probably wouldn't eat it if it was boiled. Uh-huh. And the other thing, um, I was in Brazil and we had feijoada, which is really just like black beans and rice with different kinds of meats in and my friend pointed something and he goes, here, here, try this try this, I go, okay, what am I going to eat, what is this and he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me it sort of looked like a, a form of like a chicken wing or something and I go, oh okay, whatever, and I tried it and um, it was okay, I go, okay what was it, he goes, you just ate bunny <laughs> I go, no. Yes. <laughs> no
1: yes, exactly exactly, I understand that I understand that because my parents would make rabbit all the time. Oh. And that was after they housed these things for a good three or four weeks.
0: Oh no. <laughs>
1: it was, uh, it was awful. And they would ask me to help kill it and, <gasps>
0: oh, no. uh,
1: and then they expected me to eat it. I just couldn't understand that.
0: You guys just were couldn't... just like cooking your friends up left and right.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I said, you guys were just cooking your friends up left and right.
1: <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we were. It, and do and you know what? It's the culture we come from. Right, but I'm, right. I'm glad you said what you did because a lot of eating has to do with texture and what it feels like in your mouth, not just the taste.
0: Right, right. You know, like... um my, like my father came from the farm, so they had a lot of things and just like you said, you know, they, they killed them or whatever, but my dad didn't. His whole family would go hunting and he couldn't do it. And I could understand like, like 10 kids in his family and he was the only one who wouldn't go hunting. Yeah. It, it is, it is the texture. It's, it's what you think of that animal. Cause I love meat. And I do love cows, but I've never had to raise a cow. So I think, you know, maybe I never killed a cow. But of course, someone did to get it into the store. Yes. But, you know.
1: So you can honestly say that eating and cooking kind of transcends all types of people, personalities and barriers
0: oh sure sure and and that's what brings everyone together because i'm I'm a person who I don't like to separate different groups of people you know we we call them now communities, you know this community that community um I believe that we're we're all one community, we're just different groups in this one community we're all on you know maybe different teams, but the same goal mm-hmm. and um i the cooking is is a fun thing, and it gets over all of the stereotypes um that people have about people who are blind or visual impaired or low vision um, it It just transcends that and it makes people have fun and you're still learning you know people can can go blind and and but you can still learn. How to have fun together and um not focus on so much on the blindness.
1: Right. And and trying new things above all with food.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We we've had like seven or eight shows that um we've done since the pandemic that were in other countries. So there were people who were blind and are visually impaired from other countries making their dishes. And it brought all of us together. It didn't matter what country we were from. It didn't matter if we were blind or sighted or low vision or visually impaired. We were all getting together and enjoying the process. I call our show edutainment because we learn as we're entertained. And right. so people have called us like friendly and, and, um, you know, that's what I like. I, I like it where it includes everyone. And we call that inclusion. I call it just being human.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I can appreciate something like that. In fact, I, 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 I appreciate very much what you're saying because a lot of it, uh, is entertainment. You have to be able to entertain someone before they even think about learning anything.
0: Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's like think of like little kids. I do you have any kids?
1: I do. I have a daughter. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's like if she—I don't know how old she is—but like when she was little, you had to give her something fun before you gave her the uh, veggies.
1: <laughs> or, yes.
0: Or her yes. veggies fun.
1: <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. When she was younger, she would eat all her veggies. Uh but now that she's twenty one, she hates veggies.
0: <laughs> oh wow.
1: Yes, it's amazing. It's quite amazing actually. She yeah. went the other way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? When I was growing up, um, you know, we just had plain old veggies and with salt and pepper and maybe a little butter if we went wild, but that was it. And um I'm sorry, got- if
1: you went wild <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know the Midwest in the United States. We don't get too That wild. was
1: wild for you guys down there, was it? <laughs> A
0: little butter, you know, we went, you know, we just tipped the scales there. But um <laughs> we we um but as I got older I found all different really interesting and fun and delicious ways to make vegetables. We can make vegetable casseroles, put some rice in there, cheese. Oh my god, you gotta add cheese and and so I, I truly enjoyed that. And I, I actually like veggies more now because you can make them in so many different ways.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, that's right. And my wife uh, has turned me on to a number of vegetables, uh squash included. I mean, before oh, you yeah. wouldn't catch me eating a squash at all. How uh, did she make it? Oh, she makes it all over the, all, all kinds with, uh, whether it be baked, she makes it in, uh, other dishes. Actually, in the one dish she made this week, um, I can barely taste the squash. It's so despicable.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I, I totally love squash because it was sort of the acorn squash is my favorite.
1: Uh huh. You,
0: uh-huh. you just bake it. Yeah, And, um, of course, you put salt and pepper and butter on and you get it smooshy. It's smooshy inside. Yeah. And it's like one texture that I enjoy, even though it's a little smooshy. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh.
0: But um, you know what? Those certain foods you really have to learn to eat from when you're young. Otherwise, you might not like trying them when you get older. Have you found that?
1: Yes, I have. I have. In fact, my my wife didn't turn me on to squash until about three or four years ago. <laughs> honestly, is was... honestly, I've been married to her for twenty-three years, and
0: wow, only in the last four years. I'm sorry. Congratulations.
1: Well, <laughs> actually, it's it, it's more to be proud of her than uh, anything, cause she's. <laughs> Put up with me for this long, but um you know you have to say that sometimes you just aren't ready for things to come your way until you're actually ready for it
0: true, true, you know it's like um, I tried to get my daughter to eat sauerkraut, and that's a losing proposition. She's thirty now and 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 I ate sauerkraut from the time when I was like a tiny little person.
1: Well but, sure yeah
0: yeah yeah and and you know what I was standing in line in a Walmart once and I saw a woman who had it was odd because I didn't see anyone buy sauerkraut in miami, and uh <laughs> except really <for> <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's um more it's a mostly um Latin foods there um Cuban different ones, which are delicious, totally delicious. But I, I had the feeling I'd get some sauerkraut. And the woman ahead of me had sauerkraut in her basket. And I asked her, hey, um, where are you from? And she ended up being from Germany. And I'm like, oh, great. How do real German, because I'm like third generation German too, how do real German people eat their sauerkraut? And yeah. she had an amazing way, and I tried it just the other day, where you um, you fried bacon. hmm and then you put the sauerkraut in the grease. You take the bacon out, you put the sauerkraut in the grease, and mm-hmm. you cook that. And then you also um, cook a, a pork chop in there along with it. Oh, my God, it was delicious.
1: Wow, that sounds amazing.
0: Yeah, if you like sauerkraut. Do you like sauerkraut?
1: <laughs> I have. I do, yes. Yes.
0: Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, it was it was really um, a great tip because you know I hadn't met a, like a, a person who was from Germany and um, mm-hmm. she she gave me that tip and it was wonderful.
1: Now I have to say, have your guests or even your hosts on cooking without looking ever cooked something that you weren't sure of?
0: No. No, because you know the hosts are are uh uh visually impaired legally blind and um as well and uh-huh. uh, but no my one of the hosts is like um a a vegan so she she cooks things and she makes things that are like substitutes for like the uh real meat or whatever yeah. we're is fine. It's totally different for me because like I miss meat of America, but yeah. <laughs> the carnivore. Yeah. And, um, but nothing, no, it was, in fact, sometimes I've been to her house where she's made something I thought was delicious. But, um, no, I've, I've never had any because I usually tell people listen and hey, and you're welcome to be on our show and cook as well.
1: Um, Victor if but... i could cook i would yes I would. <laughs> yeah.
0: well and and you know that's the point of it any anyone can cook but mm-hmm. um i always tell people to make their favorite dish and or to bake it whatever they want they can do and uh, pretend like you're having someone come over for sunday dinner and and um and amazingly Everyone's come up with some, some really cool stuff. Even, you know, from the other countries, you might think, but what I found is like from country to country, a lot of our things are just variations of what each of us have, you know? Like yes. tacos are basically a sandwich.
1: Yes, they are. Yes, they so, are.
0: So um I just, I've, I've never had trouble with anyone with what they made or it just, I, I just let them be them.
1: No, no, I understand that. What I meant was, have you ever said, how can you cook something like that?
0: No, no, uh, we've, well, the funniest thing that happened was a woman who was making Pizza and pizza dough, but she was doing it in real time instead of having some things done ahead of time. Uh-huh. So she just she took the longest of time, and I kept saying in her headphone, you know, okay, skip to the next step, um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, just pretend you did that. Don't we're not going to sit here and watch your dough rise for fifteen minutes. But you um, know
1: you just tugged at like the heartstring because I am a very impatient man and what I find most tedious is the food prep. Right as opposed to the cooking itself.
0: Yes, well that is true and I I agree with you there are some things like one lady I interviewed for the podcast she was funny and I keep this in my head cuz I think you and I are probably similar this way. She said, I don't like to stand and watch and babysit my food. I'm like, that's a perfect way of saying it.
1: Yes, that's it exactly, yes. And, and having to chop the vegetables and stuff, I would much yeah. rather stick it into a chopper and have it chopped for me with the chopper than have to do it myself.
0: Well, that's true, and... I like if I'm making soup, I like I like using my slow cooker and uh-huh. I will just throw a, a whole carrot, a whole um, celery or whatever in there. Let it cook. And then um, when it's nice and soft, I bring it out, cool it down and um, and cook it. I mean, and, and cut it, cut it right. when it's soft because. You know, you can get a real workout in your arm cutting. You yeah, off.
1: yeah, no, of course, yeah, and of course you always have to have nice sharp implements and stuff like that.
0: Exactly. Um, the safest thing you can have is a very sharp knife, not not one that's dull is going to slide off to the side and take one of your fingers or thumb off. You know. Yeah.
1: Speaking <laughs> of, speaking of which, have you ever got, have you guys ever had accidents like that? occur on the show
0: no but there was something that was sort of funny and I've, I've given this example before um this one man he was in his 80s but you know he didn't look like he was in 80s and he was making uh what he called Polboys stroganoff with the meatballs and everything and he was boiling the water on the set And he was totally blind. But, you know, like when you get to a certain age, you just do what you have to do. And you don't care what other people think is right or wrong. Uh And he was boiling the water then put the noodles in there. And he actually put his hand in there to test the noodles to see how they were. And people were screaming at me, Renee, Renee, look what he's doing. Like he was a two-year-old.
1: <laughs> said,
0: you know, I said, listen, you know, this is how he does it. Now, now, did I edit that part out? Yes, I edited that part out because if someone sees that on TV and even if they're older or younger, it doesn't matter. If they see that on TV, they're going to try that and burn themselves. He, he knew what he was doing. It, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. So.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now I have to say a lot. A, a lot of people have limited sensation in their fingers. Do you find that's a, that's a big
0: problem a with,
1: with cooking?
0: Um, you know what? Uh, some people will mention that and I'm um, like, cause they have the diabetes and it yes. takes, you know, the uh, feeling out of your fingertips and things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um we have had those people and w- in fact we had a host who had actually the diabetic retinopathy and that's yeah. how she went blind but um yeah people people talk about that um sometimes they'll say that they can't use the braille because of it yeah. um i i just did like a survey like if we pro- if we produced a cookbook that was braille would you use it And that's what a lot of people said that they, they couldn't because they've lost a lot of feeling in their fingertips.
1: Yeah. I think I'm one of those people because I lost my sight with diabetic retinopathy as well.
0: Oh, okay. How long have you been blind, Victor?
1: Uh, 21 years.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So that's, that's, yeah,
1: I, I got married April 6th. And started going blind April 7th of 2002.
0: Oh, my God. And my daughter
1: was born a month later on May 8th.
0: Aww.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, there isn't much you can do. Things happen when they do. Um, And my wife was a major contributor to... My getting out of my depression And and Actually being alive sure. So I actually Own my wife quite a bit um, But aside From that I uh, you know I've just Never had the impetus To stand there Cutting up vegetables Cutting up meat Cutting up this or that I'd much do ready to eat I'd much prefer doing ready to eat
0: yeah and you you know what um i love my slow cooker like i just i just love it because i throw stuff in early in the morning when i wake up Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: done like by noontime but i i got you like well you can always sit down and cut your vegetables too oh
1: no it's not the standing at all it's just 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 the patience of of having to cut those vegetables up meaning meanwhile i'm thinking of 150 other things that i need to do for that day
0: right if you do need a lot of patience for that that's that's for sure yeah. um i i that's why i do it early in the morning cuz as the day wanes I, you know so does my patience with yes. things
1: <laughs> yes no i get that i get that yes yeah, so um, do i do that Now, we've we talked about our food preferences, but we haven't actually talked about how you do your shows.
0: Okay. So we started off actually in a TV station, in a PBS station in, in Palm Beach, Florida, where we, it's, you know, South Florida. So it was Miami, the Keys, Palm Beach, and Broward, which is Fort Lauderdale, the county for Fort Lauderdale. Right. And, um... But then um, we had the recession, which we we lost a lot of sponsors because of of the recession, like in 2009. So we began um, as of the pandemic. We kept the whole thing going throughout that time. But then when the pandemic came, somebody said, "Well, Renee, why don't you use Zoom?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, what a great idea!" So we write. uh, I write a script, and we we go through it i send it to everyone um a couple of days before and then the day before we shoot um we we talk and go over whatever issues they might have with the script or whatever questions mm-hmm. and so um then we we shoot it on zoom we record it on zoom we record it live so um, that's pretty cool because I mentioned to someone, you know what, we recorded live and there's only been twice out of like nearly the ninety shows, well more than it's more like nearly a hundred, well over ninety, that I haven't had to edit. And you would think, Oh my gosh, you know, we got these people who are blind or they have visual impairment or they're low vision and and um, you know, they're probably like a whole bunch of mistakes but Honestly, I like keeping it real and there have been very few times where it's like, "Oh my god, we got to start over again." Um and one of them, one of the times was actually my fault because I I messed up on the sharing of the screen. But really, it's it's been very good that way.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
0: So Now, I work. have to say
1: I've never been able to work with a script. Um is there anything that you got your people do that maybe that would help me improve it?
0: Well, um, they have, um, like Annette and Alan are, um, have, have some vision left, but, uh, very, very low vision, but they're both legally blind. Mm -hmm. Most of the people who have been on our show are pretty much totally blind and um we we feed them uh they they have special technology that they've gone through the script ahead of time but most Mm -hmm. of it is our host feeding them like oh you know we would say victor you know welcome today how are you and and tell us about your recipe. And you would start your recipe because it's always that it's been memorized. You know, the people sure. have memorized the recipe. So we we feed the questions to them. And the script is actually um, sort of uh, loose. You know, it's just like um, the beginning and the end are scripted for Annette and Alan. It's mm-hmm. Alan Preston and Annette Watkins. But the end, uh, but the middle is, you know, basically asking people the questions while they're preparing the food and, you know, they know that off the top of their head. So it's, it's right. not a problem.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad I'm not the only, the, the only person out there who does it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. And as we go along, you know, they throw in questions. I just let them, have at it like because they're very good at at just asking questions when something comes up and it doesn't have to be that it's been written in the script they like if if something comes up while someone's making a recipe like hey how did you do that or or tell us you know about this or that and it's it's it goes very smoothly actually
1: right and what sort of sponsors do you have for your show
0: well right now um we have we have Blind United, which is a group out of California. They sponsored our show, which helped me buy the new computer. I was using a ten year old computer to do all this now I have a new Mac, which is I'm thankful for Well, thank god we, yeah i I was for three and a half months I wasn't able to do what I love, you know and Uh, you know, doing the show or the podcast and, um, we've, we've had like, we've had the, the Division of Blind Services, Florida Division of Blind Services. We've had the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, we've had American Express. We've had like a whole bunch of different ones. I haven't been. Looking as much now, but now that my computer's up and running again, I'll I'll start looking for um, more sponsors.
1: Are you thinking of approaching anyone in particular?
0: Um, not at not at this point. Um, really, what I want to do is is get the show onto a streaming service or mm. or you know like one of our networks, but. Streaming services are, are more modern now, so um, yes. I'm trying for that. We talked about this the other day. I, I started in TV when, you know, Ron Burgundy <laughs> from, that, from that movie Anchor Man, you know, yes. <laughs> seven, 1977. And it was sort of like what you saw in that movie, if you've seen the movie. <laughs>
1: yes, yes.
0: It was pretty true. Um, but... So basically I'm, I'm looking for like a streaming service, uh, to pick us up for a streaming service or network.
1: Yeah. And where do you broadcast now?
0: Well, just right off of Zoom, which is in my home and right off my computer. And then, um, wherever the people are, it's from people all over the country, all over the world. So I'm in, I'm in Albany, Georgia, you know, the home place of, Ray Charles uh-huh. um, and and so wherever anyone is and honestly this works excellently for people because we would when the very beginning we thought of like flying to other countries or flying people in from wherever city they were from sure. and this is taking a lot of pressure off and we've got a reach of like we're up to like 61 countries now where we've been seen
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, cause it gives you the analytics and right. for the, for the podcast and the show. And so we get to see who sees us, where they see us. And it's it actually blew me away the first time I saw like, whoa, where, where are all those countries? So we've laid some seeds down for new viewers in other countries.
1: Now where can, viewers actually catch it, is it on YouTube or Yeah, or? we've
0: got a Cooking Without Looking YouTube channel and yes. you can catch um our our podcasts, some of the podcasts and all of our all of our shows um, since the beginning of the pandemic for the last three years, they're all there to be enjoyed, <laughs> right, and right. you know we have a we have a good time doing. Them. We always have fun. I I always tell people that's the main thing is to have fun. It's not about getting nervous or you're on TV or whatever, whatever.
1: Yeah. It's
0: about having fun.
1: It is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yep. And I'm,
1: and. So, people, I'll plug, I'll put your, the ch- the various places you can actually catch the podcast uh, in the description box, if that's okay.
0: No, that's great. And, um, you know, it's the Cooking Without Looking YouTube channel. And you can go to our website at www.cookingwithoutlookingtv.wordpress.com and um you can go there and our our shows are on there as well
1: wow that sounds amazing i want to thank you so much for being on the show today i
0: inviting me
1: well i'm just happy that there are people in the world that are as conscientious as you are
0: oh well thank you it's just my way of having fun you know i've done all the things that people consider as fun and and um, this is my fun And you know If I can help out While I'm having fun I'm there for it
1: Great And that was Renee Rettmeister So Make sure you go check out Cooking Without Looking It's a great show And I love listening to it And uh Who knows Maybe you'll learn A thing or two About how to cook As a blind person Uh Without looking So to speak So uh don't forget, come back next week when we'll have an all-new interview with with someone who is dealing with their blindness on a daily basis. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye for now. Catch Meet Me every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, on Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway?
0: Till next week.